during the pandemic, I was like, okay, one of these days, I'm gonna go skydiving when it's safe. And then the opportunity came um, shortly after my mom died. And I was like, you know, her and I talked about it where I would go skydiving and she would be waiting for me to come down anxiously. And the opportunity came and I was like, okay, I gotta do this for my mom and dad. adulting on the spectrum. In this podcast, we want to highlight the real voices of autistic adults, not just inspirational stories, but people like us talking about their day-to-day life. Basically, we want to give a voice to a variety of autistic people. I'm Aileen Lamb, an autistic author and photographer, and I co-host this podcast with Andrew Camro. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Eileen. I'm Andrew. I'm an autistic entrepreneur, and I co-host this podcast with Eileen. Today, our guest is Andy F. He is an Eagle Scout who earned his bachelor's degree in kinesiology. I don't even know what that is. We'll have to ask him Um, later. Uh, From Howard Payne University, where he specialized in sports medicine. In 2021, he publicly disclosed his Asperger's syndrome diagnosis and became an advocate for Autism Speaks. Currently, he's pursuing voice acting and striving to enhance community bonds through recreation and well-being initiatives. His interests include skydiving, charitable races, and a variety of music genres. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me here. It's a it's a great honor. We're happy to have you here. And we like to start off our podcast. We ask each guest how they prefer to identify. And we don't mean pronouns such as he, her, although you are welcome to share those as well. We mean uh, autism, uh, person on the spectrum, Asperger's, autistic. Uh, do you have a preference? If so, what is it? Um, when it comes down to pronoun, I prefer he. Um, when it comes down to identification as, uh, in regards to my um, condition or my unique factor <laughs> is um, I'm just a normal guy who is also autistic. Fair enough. That's a good answer. And speaking of you being a normal guy who's also autistic, can you tell us how you found out uh, you were autistic? What's your diagnosis journey? Um, So when I was four years old, they could not properly diagnose me, except for a developmental delay due to lack of available research. At age six, I was diagnosed with ADD and autism, but told I was normal, just a little different. And then when my mom was informed, she told me she initially was shocked and blamed herself. However, when my parents told both sides of the family, they came together to find ways to help support me and find ways to grow and become independent. And when I was 14, more research was available. And I was officially diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, which is now autism spectrum disorder. My speech therapist who stuck with me from the first grade through 10th grade helped me become more sociable and less shy. Diagnosticians, teachers, principals, and therapists supported and said I was a joy to have in class and in the workplace. Another interest you have is uh, skydiving. Uh, Where is the best place you have uh, skydived in? Uh, yes, ma'am. Um, I would say it was 
um, Spaceland Skydive Dallas. And I've granted I've only skydived twice so far, but I would definitely like to skydive again when I have the opportunity. In fact, actually, with that experience, they made sure I was paired with somebody who had experience working with people with autism. And we developed a system just in case if I got overwhelmed and we used hand signals. That is really cool. Can you tell us more about that? Like what were the hand signals, if you remember, and what did they stand for? Okay, so for example, say when we were flying, when we were falling, uh, well, diving. <laughs> um, he, I would be like, um, he would be like, are you ready? And I would give him a thumbs up. And then he would, and then he pushed, he pushed off. And then um, when it was time to pull the shoot because I had an altometer on my wrist, I would give the signal, which meant um, pull the shoot. Of course, since it was my first time and it was also on my birthday, he um, intentionally took me through a cloud that way, I kind of know what it was like to be the Rocketeer from the movie The Rocketeer. What made you want to skydive? I am so afraid of heights. When I was younger, when I was a teenager, I loved rappelling and rock climbing. And during the pandemic, I was like, okay, one of these days, I'm going to go skydiving when it's safe. And then the opportunity came um, shortly after my mom died. And I was like, you know, her and I talked about it where I would go skydiving and she would be waiting for me to come down anxiously. And the opportunity came and I was like, okay, I got to do this for my mom and dad. And I did it and it became a, became a hobby. I'm, I'm with Andrew. I could never do this, but it shows how different autistic people are. You know, you can't, we can't make any like blanket statements and uh, generalization. I was wondering if maybe it was like the sensory aspect of it, you know? Um, well, surprisingly enough, I didn't experience sensory overload at all um, during the whole entire time. Something else from your bio that's very interesting is what is kinesiology and women you want to earn a degree in it? Can you tell us? Well, kinesiology is the study of motion and study of of the human body on how like the muscles move, um, how, and it's kind of a generalized term as well, where like how exercise affects the body, how movement affects the body, um, how like the proper nutrition makes it makes the body more effective, and how it also affects the mind, like. For example, um, when I was in college, my dad almost died, and I found a way to help me cope um, was to start exercising a little bit more. I started running, I started playing basketball, and it really helped out with the stress. And um, what got me into that field was when I went to college, I went to college to study sports med. But at the time at Howard Payne University, they didn't have a legitimate sports men major program. So that's where I had to study kinesiology. And I minored in physical education because I like I like coaching a little bit too. And I specialize in sports men. 
You know, that's really funny because for years when I was in France, I wanted to be what we call a kiné. And it's basically, I feel like it's the abbrevi abbreviation of uh, kinesiology. Um, and a kiné, I wanted to be a sports kiné, basically taking care of like soccer players and helping with their muscles after games. And uh, I think that's probably the one thing when I was a teenager that was motivating me the most as far as finding a career. Didn't go that direction at all <laughs> in the end, but uh, I definitely, uh, definitely understand uh, the, the interest. You've been a volunteer with uh, Special Olympics too. Can you tell us uh, one of your favorite moments from uh, your time volunteering with Special Olympics? Uh, there's so many memories, fond memories, that it's hard to pinpoint one. But I would say it was when I was able to um, work with the adult athletes um, who were having trouble applying the mechanics, I was teaching them. And then I just thought of, you know, I thought on spot a way to help them retain that knowledge, apply it, and help them grow more confident. And when it helped, um, and they improved greatly and just kept on improving, it made me proud as a coach. So do you have... We've had some guests in the past who have uh, had some small companies, uh, Mark Fleming uh, helping especially uh, people with autism and disabilities, you know, get more physically fit, how you mentioned how it helped you. I, I find, you know, physical activity, I'm told I always, I need to do more physical activity, um, but I say that all the time, um, but it's a good, it's good for everyone, right? We all know we should get more exercise. I don't think there's anyone who says, no, exercise is bad, right? Um, but I find, you know, especially that, um, you know, people with, you know, autism or just disability were just, again, maybe less likely to be involved in some sports or in uh, physical activity. So do you have any tips for, you know, somebody on how to be more physically active who wants to be but isn't? Yeah, um, well, for me, I've learned that, you know, a, a perfect balance of cardio, uh, calisthenics or weight training um, actually helps out a lot um, because the whole entire human body is affected. And like, for example, your feet need your legs to work. Your legs need your core to work. So um, what I found it, what works best for me is running and then doing full body weight training. And for anybody who's looking for it, like just start small first, like find which cardio activity you enjoy. It could be basketball, it could be soccer, it could be running, um, it could even be bicycling. And when it comes down to that, um, then figure out what you like to do. Do you like to do weight training or calisthenics? I like a combination of both. And then just, you know, find the best nutritional format that works for you. For me, I just try to keep balance and not try to put too much pressure. 
you mentioned uh, copying mechanisms you have for your stress and sensory overload. And I think that would be of interest to a lot of our listeners. Can you tell us a bit more about some of, uh, of those copying mechanisms other than exercise? What I do is um, say, for example, if I'm experiencing sensory overload, I try to listen to music whenever I can. Um, it could be orchestral, it could be smooth classic rock, um, or it could be like um, music um, from a movie. Um, also, I do have a couple of fidget toys um, that I use as well. Like I have a um, fidget spinner that if I, you know, I need to focus, but I need something to kind of, you know, find that balance, I use that. Um, also, if I have the opportunity, I go out for a walk and I just breathe. Or um, if I just need to give my brain a break, <laughs> I um, do something creative, uh, either building a model or um, coloring. But also another stress um, relieving tactic I found that works best for me is I talk it out with somebody who I trust the most. For example, my mentor. They were the one who um, I felt like I could trust. And whenever I was having um, a real bad stress out period, I would be talking with them. You mentioned uh, your Myers-Briggs personality type. Um... Eileen, do you know your type? INFP. Ah, uh, INFP? Uh, yeah, yeah, INTJ. I'm an INTJ. So, an I, oh my God, you look so much like an E. You're so extra. I don't know why you think I'm an extrovert. I just like when I'm talking about something I enjoy, I'm, you know, it's different, right? So. Oh, even I noticed that eye roll. Come on, Eileen. Okay. Anyway, so now you know the types Eileen and myself are. Um, can you tell us about your Myers-Briggs personality type and why you think it's spot on? Okay. Um, well, apparently all three of us are introverts. <laughs> Big I'm, shocker uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> um, my personality type is ISFJ, um, also known as the defender or protector. Um, I think it is and, something and the and the rarest of all the types. I know I, because S my F wife J. is INFJ. Oh, INFJ. Oh, wow. Well, I'm an ISFJ. Oh. oh, sorry. My bad. You're no, not. Sorry. You're not cool. You're not the rarest. So my my apologies. <laughs> well, I'm the second of where I'm second to rarest. Is, is it? I thought INTJ was. Man. Oh well. Uh, anyway, continue. Um, for me, it's definitely spot on because, like, that is my dream career endeavor. Is a position where I could be behind the scenes, where I could care about the team, um, where I could even, like, I could still be a representative, but more of a liaison behind the scenes. Um, but like Andrew, um, like you, when I'm talking about something I'm passionate about, uh. It tends to, you know, it tends to shift. Like some people won't necessarily think I'm an introvert. I'm kind of more of an extrovert. Like when I talk about historical figures from past and present or great leaders, I get really into it and I get really excited about it. Like, um, for example, Keanu Reeves. 
he what makes him a great leader is not his acting ability, but is how he cares about people. How he doesn't let the power he doesn't let the fame get to his head. So a good motto to live by is what would Keanu Reeves do before you do something? Just think about that. Speaking of acting, you're into voice acting now. Uh, can you tell us about that interest? Like, how did that happen? Um, if you guys want me to do a couple of impersonations, I can. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Um, I can do Bugs Bunny real quick. Yep. What's up, Eileen? What's up, Andrew? That's really good. I don't know why I'm surprised. Um, I mean, I, but like, <laughs> can, can, can you do another? Yeah. Um, Eileen, are you familiar with the TV show Hogan's Heroes? No, sorry. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what else, what other characters can I do? You can do it. I'm sure it's going to sound cool, even if I don't know it, you know? Okay. Um, Okay, like, uh, all right, one of my favorite characters from the show is um, Schultz, Sergeant Schultz. He's, um, so. I see nothing, I hear nothing. I didn't even get up this morning. I don't know that one, but it seemed good, so. It's good, like, um, very convincing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could also um, do, do uh, I do a little bit of Goofy and Mickey Mouse, so. I know that one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and um <laughs> wait, do Mickey Mouse again. Nothing came out of your mouth. Yeah, nothing came out of uh, okay. Hello, Eileen. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um for me, what really helped me get into it was um Back in my days at Howard Penn University, I was also known as, you know, like the genuinely good person um, who could also do impersonations. So um, my sophomore year, uh, a friend of mine convinced me to do an impersonation skit on stage. Um, I did the audition. They thought it was hilarious. And then um, my friend, um, he managed to get his frat pledge class for that year to agree to be in the skit for me. And then after the show, after that weekend, the whole entire campus was talking about it for years. Um, in fact, even one of my classmates who I saw recently after 13 years, they referred to me as Andy the Legend. And um, the skit made the school newspaper and also even the school yearbook that year. And then a couple of years later, I expanded my repertoire and did it on stage for a competition. And um, a couple of theater art majors who were classmates of mine who also performed in the show, they were like, have you considered voice acting as a possible career? About a year ago, I had the courage to apply for voice acting lessons. I got accepted and um, my coach said I have real talent and and um, I had to take a break a little bit, but it's something that I definitely want to pursue, especially in my retirement years. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Favorite animal? 
favorite animal? I would say it's an eagle. Love it. How about favorite food? Favorite food. Um, I got a question. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Breakfast. I would say a bacon, egg, cheese on croissant sandwich. I like it. Good answer. Favorite singer? I got to go with Bon Jovi. Favorite Robin Williams movie? I hope that's specific enough. Favorite Robin Williams movie? Can it be two? And I can give a little bit of an explanation. <laughs> that's just, why that? Um, the Bicentennial Man, because it kind of reminds me of like what it, what it's like to be autistic. You know, like you just, you know, like he wanted to be accepted as what he endeavored to be, which was he wanted to become more human. He wanted to be accepted for his efforts. And people with autism, that's what a lot of us want. Like, you know, we just want to be accepted. Um, we, you know, we want to be accepted by society where, you know, we could be seen that we can, can't, that we can contribute. It's either, you know, behind the scenes or out in public. Um, and then, of course, comedy, I got to go with uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, I know that one. I love it. It's a shame what happened, but he was just one of those genuinely caring guys. Like, he cared more about people than himself. And I loved what you said about the Bicentennial Man. I wasn't expecting that, so that was great. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Andy, uh, before we uh, we go, do you want to share with people where they can find you on social media or anywhere? Yeah, definitely. So on social media, um, on Facebook, I started a group post called Driven by Faith. It's kind of more like motivational, you know, like um, how can, like, say whenever you have a thought-provoking question. And then also no limits with disabilities because um, like Autism Speaks, if like the, the community, they need a voice. And it can be low-key behind the scenes. Thank you so much for sharing and for joining us today. I mean, I know you were a little nervous, but you did amazing. And I think people are gonna enjoy this episode. So thank you. Thanks, Eileen. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. Um, definitely look, I definitely hope this video, this podcast helps people who are like us, um, you know, feel more comfortable about themselves. And, um, you know, like, not be afraid to be open to those who they trust most. We appreciate you helping spread that message. Thank you.